The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 82. Bertrand's in Lisbon, Portugal, has been doing business since 1732, making it the world's oldest bookstore. But Porto has the Harry Potter bookstore. More on that later. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more and spend less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and you've already heard her on the mic, my constant travel companion, my wife, Heather. Hi, everyone. And guys, we want to thank you so much, whether this is your first time listening or whether you have been with us since the very beginning. We want to thank you for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes and, of course, for all your support. Now, if you've been with us before and you've heard other episodes, then you probably know that through the month of October, we did a thing called Hashtag Podcast Gluttony, where we recorded and released a show every single weekday, five shows a week. And because it was so successful and because you guys were downloading it and telling us you wanted more, we decided to continue doing that until October. So we've got a lot more podcasts coming their way, don't we, Hat? Yeah, it's really exciting. But... We always want your opinions about what types of shows we should do, because believe it or not, even though I have tons of thoughts going through my brain and both of us love to talk, we want to know, sometimes we run out of ideas and we want to know what you guys want to hear. So make sure to send your suggestions, whether it is a guest you want us to have on, a topic you want us to cover, a destination you want us to talk about. You can send those suggestions to Trav at Extra Pack of Peanuts, or if you want to do something very easy, you can just tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. We love getting tweets, don't we, Hath? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and believe it or not, even though we didn't know how to use Twitter for basically the whole first year that we had it, we're over 4,600 Twitter followers. So obviously, there's some cool stuff going on there on Twitter. So send us tweets at Pack of Peanuts. That's a really easy way to let us know the type of things that you want us to cover. If you're on Facebook and you do that social media stuff, you can find our Facebook page, Extra Pack of Peanuts, and you can let us know there. But we want to know what you want us to cover. And today, what we are going to do is we're going to do another destination. Diary. So we are going to delve into the awesome country of Portugal. We are going to tell you some of the best cities to visit in Portugal. We're going to tell you what is probably two of our very favorite accommodations of all time that we've ever stayed in. Yeah, Portugal was a really surprising country for us because we didn't really decide to go there until the last minute. And we'd never even thought about Portugal, really never had really wanted to visit there. So when we traveled through it, I was very pleasantly surprised at how much I loved it. Yeah. So we're going to tell you where to stay, some of some awesome accommodations in Portugal. We're also going to tell you some awesome places to eat as well, and a landmark, a, a historical place that is on my top five places that I've ever visited in this world. So lots of cool stuff in Portugal. So we're going to dive deep into it and we're going to give you like an on the ground feel as we do in these destination diaries of what we did, what we recommend and how we think you could make your 
you know, your trip to Portugal even better than it might be if you are going to go there. And if you're not going to go there, hey, maybe you're going to get some ideas from us and end up going to this beautiful country. So why don't we just hop right into it? Have Tell these guys a little bit of what our itinerary was. Well, at the time we were traveling through Spain, Gail was on, Trav's sister Gail was on the podcast last week, and they talked about Galicia and Santiago de Compostela in Spain. And Gail had been to Portugal and she said to us, you guys should really try to hit Portugal on this trip. And we were in Spain in that whole general area for about two weeks. Two weeks in Spain. And we traveled through Spain and we went to the southern coast of Spain. And from there, we decided to rent a car and drive over to Portugal and start in the southern coast of Portugal and then drive all the way up to Porto Porto in the top of Portugal. Yeah. So basically what we did is we drove across the bottom of Spain, went to the Rock of Gibraltar, pretty cool, kind of goofy, a little out of the way, went there down into the Algarve coast, went to the town of Lagos, then up to Lisbon and then up to Porto, the two main cities. So that was kind of our itinerary. And that's how we're going to take you around Portugal. We're going to start with the Algarve coast and our trip to Lagos, which was a bit ill-fated. We only had one night in Lagos. And when we drove, it was a beautiful day in Gibraltar. We had a great time road tripping across the south of Spain. But by the time we hit the Portugal border, it started to get a little dark and rainy. Yeah. So we arrived in the city of Lagos in the early evening, and it was pouring rain, just a huge rainstorm. We should mention this was in February as well. Yeah. Uh, beginning of March. Beginning so of March. It, it's not the ideal time to visit Portugal weather-wise, but it is because there's basically no tourists there. Yeah, there were hardly any people in this small coastal village of Lagos. And if you do go in the summer, it's absolutely stunning and you can swim in the ocean and it's really, really beautiful. But we were there in March and we arrive in the town and we... We're using a GPS on our phones with SIM cards from Spain, and we were concerned about running out of data on the phone, and we just couldn't find our hotel that we had booked. Yeah, we booked this hotel a couple nights before, as we are kind of want to do. We just booked it online, and it was a great price. And we are driving through Lagos, and we have no idea where to go. So we stop in... We, you know, we get to where we think it is. There's nothing there. We turn around. We turn around. We're in this residential area. It's just houses. Everything is dark. Literally, there's nothing going on in this There town. were no people. We didn't even see a person anywhere walking through the town. Or- yeah, it was raining and it was probably like 9 p.m. And so we And see- I think it was a Sunday as well. Yeah, all these things, all these factors playing against us actually finding our place in Lagos. So we see this little restaurant slash bar with lights on. So we think, okay, well, let's go in there. It's called O Penguin. Um, <laughs> they pronounce it a little differently in Portuguese, but basically it translates to O Penguin. And we go in and it's actually packed because there's a bunch of soccer matches on, or there's at least one soccer match on that everyone in the town has come out to watch or anyone who braves yeah, the audience. Yeah, a real has come out to local watch. spot. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, here we are in this small town. No one's going to be, no one's going to speak English. What are we going to do? So we go up to the bar and we asked the guy behind the bar, you know, excuse me, do you speak English? <laughs> Thinking there's no way. And his English is spot on. Yeah, he speaks perfect English. He's actually the owner of the bar. We tell him the name of our accommodation. He's like, oh, yeah, it's right down there, like on the street that we had been on. Right. So he tells us to go down and we think, OK, so we go down again. Still nothing. We actually stop into another place that's like a hotel that's in this residential area. 
They tell us where it is. Literally, we could not find it. And we had driven by it actually three or four different times. The reason we couldn't find it, though, Heth, was... Because it was closed. There were no lights on. <laughs> it and was, like, not boarded up as in abandoned, but just closed for the season, I think. Or, yeah. Clo- or... They obviously didn't get a reservation. There was a thing on there that said, you know, if like, you need ring help, this bell call this number. Or call this number. I don't know. Like, I think someone would come from another location and give us keys and let us in. But I was also a little bit creeped out because it was dark. It was stormy. The place looked abandoned. If we were the only people staying there, I didn't want to be the only people staying there anyway it, it was and it, there was nothing around it was kind of on the coast so it was it was a little secluded we actually went back to o penguin to ask directions again he gave them to us again we went back then we finally <laughs> did find it when when we saw it was closed and we booked a place right near it yeah. called the sun so, palace i don't even know if our credit card was ever charged for that place or not i mean it was really cheap it was 25 or 30 dollars this off season in lagos super cheap now now during the season it's overrun with like british tourists trying to get sun and stuff like that but we stayed in a place called the sun palace but we did go back to o penguin a third time to actually then get food and the guy was super nice and he was you know joking with us and laughing with us and everyone knew that we had been in three different times we were soaking wet you know to find directions so but really hospitable and and the owner of the bar was really friendly and the food was you know pretty decent and homemade pizzas and he was just really nice so that was a fun experience if you find yourself in lagos please go to o penguin (laughs) give them some business at least get a beer yeah they're really great um, the other things to do now, we only had one day in Lagos then. And right, just one night. One it's, night, and then we spent the next right. day there, right? And there's really the things to do include walking around the old city. Right, and going to the beach if you're there in beach weather. But the old city is actually really beautiful. It's, you know, a historic little city center right on the coast. So it has like a small promenade with some shops and you can sit out and eat lunch, right? Looking at the water and it's really beautiful. And the streets there, you know, are little you know, little cobblestone. Right. Alleys. I mean, I don't think you can drive through most parts. Of I that don't old think city. in the old city you can. I think it's pedestrian. Right. Most of it's pedestrian only. So it's a beautiful little spot to wander around. I mean, it doesn't take too long. Give yourself a couple of hours. And we stopped at a cafe, had a nice, you know, pie or something like that. Yeah. Traditional tourist stuff. I mean, and again, it won't be crowded if you're in the off season, but it is pretty to see right. no matter what. It's right there on the water. And then you can go up the hill to the Ponta. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher a lot of things in the show. Both me and Heather will, but bear with us. We'll we'll uh you know link it all up in the show notes, which you can get extrapackofpeanuts.com slash destination Portugal. So go there, we'll link it all up. Yeah, so this place I actually think is probably the crowning glory of visiting Lagos. For sure, for sure. And it's called Ponta da Piedade. And it is just it's it's beaches. It's kind of a, the coastline up on the hill, but it's all these cliffs and they're called grottos. Grotto okay. Grottos. So the grottos are these cliffs that are just rocky figures, you know, structures coming out of the water and in some parts they you know, the water has run through the bottom of them and opened them up like little caves. And it's really stunning because the water there is this green aqua color. And even in March, when it was winter, it was so beautiful. All I wanted to do was dive in. I mean, we didn't, of course, because it was freezing, but we did go down and walk to where there's like a little... And here's the thing that's so interesting is that even though there are some tourists there, it's still a pretty secluded place. Whereas 
you can walk down to the bottom of this cliff and there's no railings or anything. You can just wander around all over the place. It's not really, you know, partitioned off or anything. Right. So. There's a lot of hikes you can do too, like along the coastline, like longer hiked, or you can just kind of scale down these cliffs. When we say scale, you, you walk, it's pretty steep. And, and some of the spots actually have s- somewhat of steps built in, but you go down and then you're right on the water. And we were actually shooting some video there and a huge wave came in and, you know, crashed around us. And yeah, we thought well, we were going to fall up in. on the rock. I mean, your rock was literally, you know, a couple, maybe one foot from the water. And so if a wave came up, yeah, it got us all wet and. But a really concerned. cute town, definitely worth it. Again, during the season, it's going to be much busier, much more expensive. But you know, we paid thirty, you know, thirty dollars a night for a hotel room off season. Uh, the food is fairly cheap too, but just a cool spot to visit. I'm really pretty. Definitely go to Ponta da Piedade. That's kind of what to do there, and of course, say hi to our boy at O Penguin. But after that, we continued up the highway, and one little tip of advice here for driving in Portugal. I don't know if this has changed since we were there, but more or less, you're supposed to pay these tolls, but the tolls are like electronic. So you just drive down the highway and it says like one euro 20 and you and you go under these huge like easy pass type I think, things. yeah, what you're supposed to have is some type of box in your car, right. which we didn't have with the rental car. And we kept asking people like, should we be paying this? Are we going to get in trouble? And they're like, oh, if no one says anything to you, just don't do it. So we went through literally, the, I mean, we went up the whole coast of Portugal on the highway, which would have cost us, I'm guessing, 100 euros. The Probably. tolls are pretty expensive and we never paid anything. So yeah, I don't know um, that we didn't have to pay for it. So just keep going through. We were very <laughs> confused, um, but nothing ever happened there. But we then went up to Lisbon and Lisbon so, is the capital city. Right. And how how long did that take? Was it about four hours? About I think it's about four hours from, from Lagos or, or the bottom coast because you have to kind of backtrack to the highway. We wanted to kind of go up the coast, but it's not really possible. So it's, you have to yeah, backtrack. Yeah, it takes a long time. Up, backtrack from Lagos east up back to the highway. So it's about four hours to Lisbon and then about four hours from Lisbon to Porto. I think it was roughly the same on right. those two trips. Yeah, I think so. And so we got into Lisbon and of course we had the rental car and we had booked an accommodation, you know, that didn't have a parking garage. Right downtown. Right downtown. And so we're thinking, well, where are we going to park the car? Yeah. And, and here's another parking tip, another car tip. If you are there, there's two suggestions because we thought, man, this can be so expensive to park. And it wasn't cheap, but there are parking, you know, parking garages in the city and it, and it comes out to about 18 euros. But the parking tip is if you prepay, meaning if you park, get your ticket and pay them for 24 hours ahead of time instead of paying when you leave. I think it went down to about 12 euros or 13 euros. So you saved about 35% if you prepaid. All that meant was if you knew you were going to be parking there for 24 hours, go get your ticket, go to the guy at the counter, say, I want to prepay. And, and it's much cheaper. And he actually helped us do it. So that was cool. First day, we didn't know we paid about 18 euros. The second day, we paid about 12. So that was a really nice thing to know. Someone else suggested parking at the Lisbon airport because it's very cheap and then taking the train in if you're going to park if you're going to be in Lisbon for a week and you didn't want to pay all that money for your car. So that's another little trick you you could do, but we stayed right downtown at a we have to tell you about this accommodation. We actually shot a video which we'll link to the YouTube link of it. It was I don't know. It might be my top accommodation of all time or my second. I can't remember yeah, well, where I made, put it on my list. It made both of our top 5 list. 
And that's saying a lot because this place was actually a hostel. And as you know, if you've heard other podcasts, I don't mind staying in hostels, but they definitely wouldn't be my first choice all the time. And surprising that it made it on my top five list. But yeah, this if you place, guys are interested, not to cut you off, Beth, but episode 40 is when we talk about our top 10 accommodations and we, and we each list our favorite accommodations and this was on there. So that's a pretty fun episode if you guys are looking for another top 10 list that we did um, a little while back. Yeah, so Lisbon Destination Hostel is in a UNESCO World Heritage Site. It's in actually a train station. Yeah, it's in the old Rossio train station. Mm -hmm. And the owner is an architect. And we learned all this from we actually got to, to meet him. And he's an architect and he bought half of the train station. It's still a functioning train station. The train actually goes to Sintra, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But the other half he has as a hostel and he soundproofed it all. And it's, how would you describe it? Like an open... Kind of like an open warehouse feeling inside. The roof is all glass. So it's made to be an indoor courtyard. Right. And it has a warehouse feel because you can see like the black soundproofing padding kind of around the the walls. But it looks really cool. It's done really well. And when you walk into the the hostel, it's like this big open great room kind of where you check in and there's all these things to do and there's a whole kitchen and everything. And it's a big living space. And then the rooms are actually, there's dorms on the first floor. And then you go up this kind of floating staircase. Two floating yeah. staircases, one on each side of the hostel. Right. To the second floor, which is almost like some type of loft area, you know, like you can see down into the open room um, are all the private rooms, which is where we stayed. And it was just a small little room, kind of like, a, I mean, it was like a hotel room, just very small, had its own bathroom, was completely new and clean and modern and just really fun, a yeah. cool atmosphere. One of the best places we've stayed, I think the pri- the dorms are like 15 euro a night, maybe the private room's like 40 or 45 a night. Again, we'll link to the YouTube video so you can get an idea of it, but it's a fantastic place. They've done an incredible job at one of the neatest architectural places we've ever been. Another neat place is in Porto, which is going to be coming up. Some awesome accommodations in Portugal overall. They always win the awards for the best hostels in the world. And I was asking someone why that was. And they said, well, Portugal didn't have much of a tourism industry up until 15 years ago, whereas like Spain and France and all these other countries around it did. And so all these new places that they've been building are very hip, very cool, very stylish. One of the neatest parts about this accommodation and one of the reasons we don't have many eating recommendations in Lisbon is that this hostel actually provided dinner for you. Well, you had to pay for the dinner, right? But they hired a chef to come in every night and cook for people. And did you have to sign up in advance? I you can't remember. You signed up in advance. It was seven euros seven a person. Seven euros. It was... So cheap. But it included, you know, wine, not unlimited wine, but like one or two glasses of wine it included a little appetizer course, soup or salad, a main course. Did it even include and, dessert? And a little dessert. It was a four course meal for seven years, including a glass or two and of wine. And it's, you know, Portuguese food and it's all really delicious and kind of crowd friendly and we ate there the first night and then we didn't want to eat anywhere else because it was so good. Yeah, and it was all communal style. So you're sitting at tables with the other people in the hostel and you're talking and having fun. And it's just a really cool experience. So we actually ate there all three nights. They bring in different chefs every night. So these are professional chefs who have their own restaurants or cook at different restaurants. So on their night off or, or have whatever. catering businesses yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they come in and it's just a really neat experience, really fun. 
if you are going to eat out the area, and one of the things to mention too is this is an, a great area. It's not only is it in the train station, but it's right near Barro Alto, which is kind of this old section of Lisbon where a lot of bars and clubs and interesting places are. So we actually did. We're the oldest people on it, <laughs> but we did a pub crawl we did with indeed. like 25 people from the hostel and it was awesome. It was really fun. They took us out. I think it was 10 euros. We got a bunch of free drinks and they took us through Barro Alto and showed us all the cool little uh, you know, bars and we went to a few quote unquote clubs, but there was live music and things like that. So a really fun experience and the hostel itself really the people were so friendly. The the staff was awesome. The activities the they activities offered were every great. Night. It wasn't just pub crawls. It was also like a biking tour, or walking tour, just lots of different activities that they had going on every day. So it was fun for us as a couple, but probably even more fun if you're solo traveling because the community there is a really strong, really fun group. Definitely. We highly recommend the Lisbon Destination Hostel. As we said, one of the best places we've ever been. I, we can't recommend it highly enough. Talk about activities. You know, you can do all the stuff with your hostel. Some of the things to do in Lisbon itself that we ended up doing that anyone could do, you know, any type of traveler. One, definitely ride the, you know, world famous cable cars. It's like going to San Fran and riding the cable cars. Same thing. They have all these old cable cars that are running over the, all through the city. Yeah. And it's pretty hilly there. I mean, some parts of Lisbon are like San Francisco where you're like walking up a steep hill. And so sometimes to save your legs, it'd be more fun to take a cable right. car. Right. Not only is it a cool experience, watch your belongings. There are pickpockets on the cable cars sometimes. But they, there's even like graffiti on the cable cars, but it's kind of famous because there's graffiti on the cable cars. So definitely take a cable car. The Alfama is the oldest district in Lisbon. And that is just fun just to wander yeah, around. Beautiful I mean, streets. Just so many opportunities for finding cute shops, cafes, snapping pictures, really beautiful architecture. And the, you walk, don't you walk down to that district and then you're kind of near... The what is it the, yeah, the river can, that's there the ocean right and there's cable there's cable cars that that take you through that district right. as well kind of up the hills but the Alfama is the oldest district it's really it's cool because you know it's not really tour I mean it's touristy in the fact that you wander around it but people are living there and people have right. lived there for hundreds of years and families are living in these little homes and old ladies have washout and it's bright colors. And, you know, there's a lot going on all the time. So just wandering through those streets, you definitely will get lost. But if you keep walking downhill, you will eventually get down to the water and be able yeah. to find your way back. So it's actually like an inlet of the ocean um, that Lisbon is on. And it is really beautiful there. And there's some great buildings right along the waterfront there. So many cool opportunities to take pictures. One thing that we stumbled upon that then later we found out was very, very famous and popular was the flea market in the Alfama. And this is called the Fiera de Ladra. And it is the one of the oldest flea markets in the world since medieval times. It's been going on and it's right outside of like this. It's a church and just anyone and everyone has their wares out and you can buy from books to like trinkets to clothes. It's just, it's a f real flea market in every sense of the world. So a very cool spot. I'm not sure the date it's open. It, it might be every day, but we'll link that up as well. And if you have a chance, definitely head to the flea market. We wandered around for like two hours, just picking yeah. stuff up and talking to people. Definitely barter for sure. 
Yeah. And after we were at the flea market, we, we wandered around the little streets there and there are tons of cafes and lots of people like the, vent, the owners of the cafe or the employees of the cafes always want you to come in and drink. And we passed by this one and we're like, no, no, we're good. We don't need anything to drink. And, you know, it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. And the guy was so convincing. We sat down and had a glass of wine. They're just really friendly. And I, I think that they don't mind a lot of tourists there because obviously... Yeah, it's the oldest part, yeah. and they kind of expect that. So really cool area. The best thing, though, that we did, in my opinion, when we went to Lisbon is to go to the Palace of Sintra. And we talked about the Lisbon Destination Hostel and the train station. The line only runs one place right now in that train station. It goes from Lisbon to Sintra. And Sintra is an awesome town in its own right. Really cute. Again, cobblestone streets, this old Portuguese town. But the palace there is I don't know how to describe it. It's phenomenal. It's it's so neat. It's very eclectic. Very it's eclectic. Very strange. There's like four different styles of architecture all, you know, combined into one crazy looking palace. But- yeah, it's like someone just plopped down and said, I want this, I want this, I want this, and they just picked stuff from different time periods <laughs> well, and meshed it together. Yeah, that into is a palace. basically what happened, actually. I think that the prince who was building that palace at the time exactly did that. He would liked all these different styles of architecture and he put them all together. But we actually didn't take the train to Sintra because we were driving on to Porto and so we drove there and it was about a forty five minute drive. And we then, you could park your car in Sintra and then take a bus up to the castle. But we actually drove up there, which was an experience in and of itself, if, right, If Trav? you have a car, you should drive, and, you, and you're going to drive to Sintra, you should drive up to the palace yourself because it's these windy roads. Everything is overgrown and mossy. It feels like you're driving like into like like the Hobbit Town or something like that. Like it feels yeah, like, like an in, enchanted forest or yeah, something. Like an There's enchanted- moss everywhere, and it's just very green. And the road is cobblestone, and it's very windy. Like I don't think you even shifted out of first gear. No, the whole I was time. probably in first gear the whole time. It's it's super steep. You can walk it. People walk it from the bottom up to the palace. Along the way, there's different places to stop off and see different ruins. But the palace is at the top. So we kind of look. Looked at the other ruins, but you could literally spend a couple days there if you want, or at least a whole long day. We just went up to the palace. It's it's well worth it. It is. I I did not expect it to be as cool as it was. It's probably the again. I don't remember what I said in the other podcast that we did, so I don't want to uh, contradict myself. But I think it's probably the second or third coolest thing I've ever seen behind Angkor Wat in Cambodia. It's just neat, and it's it's unexpectedly neat because it doesn't get a lot of publicity. So we got there and thought, wow, this is really cool. And it's not expensive to walk through or anything like that. No, I mean, it was just a really amazing, unique place that we, I mean, we'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it, it you'll have if if you google it, you'll see that it's just a ton of different styles and it's just <laughs> odd but so fascinating. Somehow it kind of works together to make this mysteriously beautiful palace on top of a mountain overlooking Sintra and then you can even see Lisbon in the distance, but it's, you know, pretty far removed. Very fairy tale like. Yeah, it was a very cool experience. And even the museum inside the castle was really cool. And they had, you know, lots of interesting old artifacts, but they also had a, a gun room with all of these, you know, taxidermied animals. Yes. Like, I mean, it was just cool. It was interesting. 
Very interesting. So definitely go to the Palace of Sintra. Um, if you're going to Lisbon, we highly recommend the Lisbon Destination Hostel um, and the stuff we mentioned. But then we headed on to Lisbon or uh, Portugal's second city, you know, Porto, the second biggest city. And actually, I said Lisbon was the capital. I'm right on that. Yeah, yeah I, think I am so. right yeah. on that. Okay. <laughs> I think you're right on that. Oh, jeez. But Porto is a fantastic city. We loved it. I actually think it's one of my favorite cities in the world. It's smaller than Lisbon, so it's much more manageable. Um, not that Lisbon is unmanageable, but it just feels quainter and more towny. And we had some amazing accommodations here as well. Yeah, we stayed at actually a personal house. Like the owner of this house, it had been in his wife's family for many, many years. I think like 200 years. And, and she had grown up in this house. Right. And he had, he renovated it into being, you know, I think it was four or five small, I wouldn't really say apartments, but more like a bedroom with a small kitchenette and a bathroom. So like a really small, small apartment. Yeah, an efficiency. An efficiency. Travis and I stayed in one of the rooms and it's so cool when you walk in the house, there's just stone everywhere. It's almost like being in a cave. And he'd built like this really cool wooden walkway down to our particular you know, apartment and it opens up and it's just this really beautiful, unique space. It's really hard to describe. I, I feel like I'm not doing it justice. It's called the Casa dos Guindash. And yeah, we I actually, made Travis say that name because I'm afraid of it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've pronounced it many, many times now because I've told so many people to go there. My parents actually stayed there when they went to Porto. They loved it. Alvaro is the owner. He is fantastic. He's retired. He was like an an airline pilot. He knows a lot about traveling and he gave us some amazing recommendations. He will tell you anywhere and everywhere to go in, in Porto. It is, it's hard to describe. Again, we've written a post. We'll link that up in the show notes. So again, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash destination Portugal. You can go there and actually see the post we wrote and the pictures we took. It's fantastic. As Heather mentioned, five separate little apartments built out of this house. All of them are, are private. Um, there's stone. There's there's wooden walkways, kind of floating staircases, all built in. There's like a shower that's kind of outside, but it's enclosed, oh, yeah, which is really that. cool. Yeah, that and was cool. Just a lot of touches. To, to a beautiful like backyard. Um, what would you call that? I mean, not courtyard. really. A yeah, yeah, a courtyard, which we didn't really utilize because again, it was March, but it was really beautiful. And if you're there in the summer, I feel like a really enjoyable space. A lot of neat touches, like they gave us a, a free little craft of port wine when we showed up and some chocolate and things like that. So Casa dos Gindash, it's, you know, it, it'll run you, it's a little more expensive than the hostel. I think it'll run 50 to 80 euros a night, depending on what room you get. So under $100 for the most part. Highly recommend it. My sister, when we went, stayed in a hostel that she recommends. And this has a really, we went up to it, a really cool like um, rooftop deck. And that's the Tatva Design Hostel. There, As we said, there's a ton of awesome hostels and accommodations in Porto and Lisbon. You can't really go wrong, but highly recommend the Casa dos Guindas. Yeah, especially if you're going as a couple and you just kind of want a quiet, intimate place. And it was very romantic because one of the best parts about yeah, it, besides about the, you know, the beautiful accommodation itself, but the location of it, you walk out, of course, a beautiful old cobblestone street and 
you're staring at the Louis the First Bridge, which is an iconic, yeah, Louis beautiful bridge, bridge in Porto. The same person who designed the Eiffel Tower designed the same architect designed this bridge, and it is just stunning. And you can just see it from the steps outside the apartment. Imagine the Eiffel Tower turned on its side. That's basically the Dom Louis Bridge, and it is stunning, especially at night. And from from the Casa dos Guindas, you can easily see it. You walk out and you're right there. There's also parking, which was, oh, talk about a hairy experience, <laughs> trying to back the car down this hill into a parking spot. Absolutely crazy, but there's free parking there as well, we should mention. So really cool place. As far as Porto itself, also the eating we found fantastic as well. And so there's definitely some recommendations we have for that. One of the things with Porto is that port wine comes from Porto and that valley, the Douro River Valley, we went to a few really cool port wine cellars. Yes. And as you've probably heard, I am a lover of wine. I love going to wineries. Port is a lot stronger than wine, and they also make sherries there as well. And so I I wasn't quite as excited to try these because they have a really, really strong taste. It's almost like a something you would drink as a small dessert or something like that. But we went to these beautiful, beautiful port cellars and had tours and tasted some of the port. And I mean, it is fun to taste it. And it's actually across the river. So Porto is on one side and Gaia is on the other side. And most of the wine cellars are on the Gaia side. But you can you walk across the bridge. It's like a three-minute walk. And that's one of the things we would recommend. Definitely walk across the Dom Louis the First Bridge. It's you know, you get amazing views looking back at Porto because of right on the river there, they have all those fabulous colored colored houses. houses that are right on the river that are absolutely stunning. And so you go over to the wine cellars and we went to the Kalem wine cellar and the Sandeman wine cellar. Those were the two that were recommended to us. I'm sure there others are good as well, but those were excellent. Yeah, Yeah, they were great tours. I don't think you should probably do more than two port wine cellars. I mean, you're feeling it. Like, yeah, they're port very is strong. strong. I can't remember how much, but like 15 to 20 percent. Yeah, maybe? usually usually port is about 18 percent. And so, you know, they give you healthy servings <laughs> yeah. at the tastings. And, you know, after going to two, we were definitely feeling it. So Calum and Sandeman, both really cool. Uh, highly recommend those wine cellars. When you need something to soak up your port, I will highly recommend that you get their traditional sandwich that Heather's yeah, a little I iffy did on. Not, did not like this called at all. The Francesina. And what it is is basically two big it, it's kind of like a, a club sandwich. Well, it's just a lot of bread, a lot of meat. Usually uh, it might be like two or three types of meat, you know, sausage and pork and stuff Ugh, in terrible. it with cheese. Ew. Then they actually melt cheese on top of and it. And isn't there gravy or something? And then, oh, oh you beat me to it. Oh, they melt cheese, on, melt cheese on top of it. And then they put gravy, like a beer gravy, on the sandwich. And then usually they put fries with it. Ugh. So you're basically eating... A, a heart attack? Yeah, a heart <laughs> attack. Exactly. A meat sandwich with cheese on top, followed with gravy with fries on it. It's called the Francesina. You'll see it everywhere. It's on every sign, especially down along the river. Oh, we have the best Francesino in Porto. You know, who knows where the best one is. You got to give it a try, though, especially if you want a heart attack. Then you really got to give it a try. <laughs> well, I prefer the other beautiful places to eat, such as the bakeries. I mean, it's not Paris, but it has some pretty amazing bakeries in Porto. Including one that claimed that they had the best eclairs in the world. They, it was 
it was pretty good. Yeah, I'm, the eclairs were pretty good there. I mean, we tried a few different kinds. They had a lot of variety, which I think is the cool part about that. But Hep, I'm going to let yeah. you butcher oh, this name. Oh, come on. No, I don't this, want to. I've been butchering names the whole podcast. I'm too nervous. This one is really long as well. And as Travis said, it will be in the links, but it's called the Leteria do Quinta do Paco or something like yeah, that. It's, yeah, we'll put it in the links. Awesome eclairs. <laughs> right next to it is a is another bakery called Riberio, which had Oh, you a, took the easy one. Of course. I just say, hey, you know. Um uh, that which had an awesome passion fruit tart. And just just fantastic. So the Riberio had some really good sandwiches as well as um we actually went one night, got these tarts ate them and the next day was like we have to go back and got like three more they have these like they're kind of like, yeah, mini, like tarts, mini tarts yeah. mini cheesecake tart yeah, things they were so delicious so there's a lot of really good bakeries there and some local restaurants that we tried out and that's up from if, if you're getting your bearings in Porto and you know you'll have a map with you but we are down by the river and that's kind of up the hill which is a really cool walk you go through the old part of Porto and it it's up the hill by the university is both of those bakeries. And there's some good restaurants up there. And then on the way there, there is, I'll take this one, the Liveria Lelo, which is, is the, the bookstore. bookstore. And it's colloquial known as the colloquially known as the Harry Potter bookstore. Now they won't let you take pictures in it, but you you can see images online. And Travis, do you know why it's called the Harry Potter it's bookstore? Called- because Travis has never read any of the Harry Potter books. I, re- I refuse to read the Harry Potter books, um, not on principle, just because I have other things to do. There are so many good books out there. But the Harry Potter bookshop, actually, because J.K. Rowling was teaching English in Porto for a few years before she wrote the Harry Potter series, and her inspiration came from this bookstore. Well, and she wrote, I think, the and first book. And she wrote book. some of it in it. Yeah, yeah she right. wrote the first book in that bookstore. And it's just got this crazy staircase. And they won't, I don't know why they won't let you take pictures. Maybe it's a pride thing. But this this crazy wooden staircase that starts in the middle of the store and just winds its way it's to the second really floor. It's a really beautiful bookshop. But of course, we can't show you any pictures since we weren't allowed to take any. But it's worth going in to browse around and just see the splendor in there. Yeah, so the Livraria Lalo is the bookshop. Definitely recommend that. The Dom Louis Bridge, hang out on it, hang out under it at night. They have like cool restaurants there to sit at at night right by the river, walk over it at night. It's all lit up. It's beautiful. Just fantastic photographs you can take there. Obviously, do the port wineries. We have one other restaurant that Alvaro, who was the guy who owned Casa dos Gindash, recommended this. And I'm getting good at that. Yeah, you've Just said it so many times. Now. Off the tongue. Um, he recommended. Abadia. And he said this is, he called it, he kept calling it a city restaurant. And what he meant by that was it's great for tourists or locals, but a lot of the local people say this is the best spot to go. Like it's a good local restaurant. We actually went there for Valentine's Day. Yeah. And I think he also so said- I guess we were there in February. Not oh yeah. We were there in February. Whoops. Yeah. Good point. Um, so it was even colder. <laughs> That's why we were freezing. But Albert- Al- Wait, Alvaro Alvaro said that just a lot of, it's a variety of people, you know, like businessmen and families and just a really cool place. I mean, not really upscale, but kind of a little bit nicer than just an average restaurant. They treat you like it's upscale. Like the waiter was phenomenal. They're dressed nice. He was like doing everything, like bringing out all the dishes, serving our food for us. Like, no, we can get that. It's okay. So they treat you like it's upscale, but the prices. 
you know, we're talking it's like not cheap, but it's really affordable. Eight to ten to twelve dollars for an oh, entree or euros for an entree. Yeah, it was. Mm. I remember the bill. I believe was about fifty euros for three entrees and some wine. Yeah. So it, it's really affordable, really cool. We actually told my sister to take our parents back there, and they loved it as well. My my yeah, parents the food was excellent. Uncle. Just really traditional Portuguese food. Lots of interesting things we'd never tried before. Just it was great. Yeah, Abadio, uh, highly recommend it. And so there are some things to do in um, Porto. The other thing that we did that I think is worth mentioning, and if you have time and you want to do it, is a river cruise on the Douro. So you get on a boat and it takes you down, and it, it they give you the whole history of it, and that's really neat because you're seeing, you know the Porto side and the Gaia side, the two cities. And there's and quite a few you- bridges over the river, not just the Louis the First Bridge, but there are other ones. So you can take a lot of fun pictures and just a nice way to spend an afternoon. Yeah, and fair, and again, fairly cheap. The one thing we loved about Portugal and similar to Spain is that they're they're cheaper than most, than all of the rest of Western Europe. So, you know, when you usually go to Western Europe for America, you're thinking, wow, this is really expensive. Paris is really expensive. London's really expensive. Amsterdam's fairly expensive. Portugal and Spain are cheaper usually than America for for most and things. And the wine is certainly cheap. I mean, Definitely. really, really cheap yeah. wine. Well, Even a- at the grocery stores, you can just go get wine for like three euros a bottle and it's really good and doesn't give you a headache either. So yeah, there's a plus. There you go. Perfect. So you, that's a reason enough. We, we can scrap everything else we just said. <laughs> just remember the wine doesn't give you a headache. So it, it's just a cool place to be because it's cheaper and between Porto and Lisbon and Lagos and the Algarve Coast, if you are there during nice weather, the Algarve Coast would be spectacular. And it's worth seeing even yeah. if you're not. I mean, but- we were there in February and we loved Portugal so much. I can't wait to go back in any month. Yeah. Anytime you go, Lisbon and Porto are going to be cool because we were there, like we said, in the winter when it's more dead and, and even still it was sunny and you know we got out on the river cruise and stuff like that and some amazing food. So we will link up all the names that we just mangled during this podcast at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Ooh, yeah, extrapackofpeanuts.com slash destination Portugal. We'll link all that stuff up there if you are planning a trip to Portugal. Check out some of these places, especially the accommodations. They blew they blew us away with not only the price, but they were just such cool spots with the Casa dos Guindas in Porto and the Lisbon Destination Yeah, so when are we going back? Because now I really want to go back. That's the problem with doing (laughs) these destination diaries is then we have to go back to all the places we talked about. So yeah, if you're heading to Portugal, let us know. Maybe we'll meet you there, guys. And if you're not, if you ha- if you weren't thinking about it, hopefully this gives you some ideas. You know, look at some of the stuff we've linked up there. It's a fantastic country. It is. It's one of our favorite countries in the world. So we we really really highly recommend it. So that that's it. I mean, that's it. Portugal, <laughs> that's it. Portugal from a you know a tourist perspective, but someone who's done it a kind of on the ground perspective. You know, we hope that you like this Destination Diary series. Of course, we have a lot of fun doing it. You know, it makes us want to go back to places. So we have our list keeps growing longer and longer. But we also want to know as well what you guys like. Do you like the Destination Diaries? Do you like the top 10 list? Yeah. And with the Destination Diaries, is there something more that you would like to know? Something more specific that we actually maybe don't mention? 
Yeah, we usually focus on activities, on food, on where to drink, on where to stay, but maybe there's some other stuff that you guys want to know. So let us know. You can email me, Trav at Extra Pack of Peanuts. Tell us, you know, specific podcast. I really loved episode blah, blah, blah with blah, blah, blah. Give me guests. I'm always looking for awesome guests. I know blah, blah, blah. That's not really specific, but let us know. Trav at Extra Pack of Peanuts. You can also tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. And of course, we love getting reviews on iTunes. Hath, I've been telling them, send you some love, send Jason some love, send my sister Gail <laughs> some love. I don't think love. I've got any love yet. There, I know. Send them some love. All the reviews are about me because it was before we started this podcast, Gluttony Stuff. So give these guys a little bit of love. Hath, you've got our featured iTunes review of the day. Yes, this is by Lee NC. And this person says, the podcast is interesting, informative, educational shows done in an entertaining manner. I've listened to all of their episodes and still get excited when a new episode gets published. Thanks a lot, Lee. Yeah. Thank you, Lee NC. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Thank you for supporting us, making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until next time, happy, happy free, free travels. travels.